check it in on your Friday news. It is the second string podcast. podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Friday, positive vibes. Big day. Big day. Best day of the week. Or Saturday. Pro- mm, probably Saturday. That's actually a tough question. This may be, this just came out of nowhere. This came out of nowhere. I had no intention of having this debate today. I had no intention of it. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I feel like the traditional, like you just think, oh, Saturday's the best day of the week. But once you dig in, like take a little bit of the meat off the bones, it might be Friday. Think about it for a sec. Friday, both weekend nights. Those are the, I mean, that's key. You don't have shit to do the next day or you don't have to have shit to do if you don't want to. That's key. You can stay up late. You can party. You can hit the bar. You can text your ex-girlfriend at 3 a.m. You can get rejected by 15 girls at the bar. It doesn't matter. You can do whatever you'd like. You can stay and watch a movie. It doesn't matter. Here's the key. Saturday, obviously, huge, huge kicker for Saturday. You have the entire day. So if you're in Michigan, if it is summertime, boat day is very much in play. You can go, I don't know, catch a day game, spend the day in the city. Day drinking is on the table. Friday, not as much. Not as much Friday. I mean, best case scenario on a Friday, like you're getting out of work a little early. It's kind of like, all right, it's hot. It's nice outside. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. Let's just wrap it up. Like Friday, best case, you're maybe getting started at four. Best case. So the day drinking's off the table. But the beauty of Friday, which Saturday does not have, two things. Friday is an extra day away from Monday, which is huge, which is fucking huge. Extra day away from Monday. And Friday marks the end of the week. Like when that Friday feel lunchtime on Friday and you're just on fucking cruise control, like you are so checked out. It's not even funny. Like I remember I used to have a baseball coach and we'd go to these tournaments in like Indianapolis or like some random fucking place in Ohio. And if you lose like two games, in the tournament, you're out. You don't play in the championship on Sunday. So you're the rest of your games that weekend are just kind of like consolation. You drove five hours, so you're going to play five games kind of thing. So after you lose the two games, my friends and I, at this point, we're all in high school. We're all like junior, senior year of high school. We're just exploring the whole party thing. We're just starting to drink like kind of this might be fucking embarrassing. I don't know if I'm telling on myself here. We're just getting to the point where it's like Saturday night. Let's invite our girlfriends over and like try to make some fucking magic happen. <laughs> That's kind of the phase we're entering in. So we hit we hit those baseball tournaments. We lose two games. We're not playing for anything meaningful. We're fucking done. Like we don't want to be there. We're obviously still there because our parents, thank you parents, I'm very fortunate. Our parents paid for us to travel there. They fucking... God bless them, spent their weekend driving us to these places. So we're still there. We're still playing. There's no doubt about it. Mentally, though, we're fucking out. I mean, in between games, we're like talking about how our buddies back home are throwing a party that night. And we're like, fuck, man, I wish we were home like this. Why are we even at the tournament? Like, this is pointless. We already lost. They're going to have this party at our friend's house. Like, the girls are going to go. That Our buddy that's two years older than us got him a bunch of beers. Ah. Oh. And we got to play at this baseball tournament, like so mentally checked out. And of course, our coach would roast us for it. Like his signature line was, don't check out on me. Don't check out on me. That was his signature line. Jim Mora's got the playoffs. Herm Edwards is, you play to win the game. My baseball coach's fucking ESPN rerun moment was, don't you dare check out on me. Don't you dare check out on me. We were so fucking checked out. But I thought that. 
like that in my life at that point, I'm like, fuck, man, I'm checked out right now. That's fucked up of me. <laughs> Why am I checked out? Coach just told me not to check out. And here I am fucking I checked out a day ago. You haven't experienced or I hadn't at least experienced checked out until like 2 p.m. on a Friday. That is there has never been a time in my life that I've been more checked out. And this happens once a week is the sad part. There's never been a time in my life that I am more checked out than like two, three hours before the day's over on a Friday. Like you are fucking, your head is in the clouds. You excel. What's excel? It's the weekend, dog. We don't use business terms on the weekend. Like you're just done. You're over it. It's out. It, done. done. That's the, that is the beauty of Friday. You have that checkout little bliss, like Nirvana kind of thing. Like it is almost an ignorance is bliss type scenario where even though sure you're at work, sure you're technically still doing shit. Like maybe you are in a meeting where it is like you're still a little bit productive and attentive. It still is like it doesn't change the fact that it's three o'clock, it's Friday and it's 80 degrees and sunny outside. It does not change that fact. So you were just sitting there like you're daydreaming about fucking white claws and going downtown. That's it. That is the one thing like that. That feeling is very, very hard to replicate. And to be honest with you, I don't know if there's another feeling quite like it. I mean, I guess like leaving for a vacation, but that kind of counts as a Friday as well. That's that same feeling. There is nothing quite like that Friday feeling when it's like, ah, yes, I'm done with all like the hard responsible shit I have to do this week. Now it's playtime. Now it's recess. There is nothing that replicates that. Like Saturdays are fucking awesome. You get the whole day. You don't get that Friday feeling. Saturdays, you wake up and you're free. You're checked out from start to finish. Friday, you get to go through the act of checking out and you're just like, fuck yeah. It's almost like getting drunk. Saturday, you it, like you're just blacked out the entire time. Saturday, you're it's all the it's all wasted. Friday, it's like you kind of get to go through that experience of like you've had your fourth beer and all of a sudden you're looking around like, oh man, that girl, like she's cuter than I thought she was. All of a sudden, like you're kind of pissing on the like the edges of the toilet. All of a sudden, you're like, damn. I don't know. Nicotine doesn't sound like the worst. <laughs> that's kind of, that's what Friday's like. Friday is like, you get the, you get the fun, you get the rush and the experience of getting there, getting to that feeling Saturday. You, you just are there Saturday. The day starts and you're there. Very interesting debate. Like I going to jot this down real quick. This is going to be a fucking incredible Twitter poll. I'm going to post this with and an Instagram poll. What am I leaving Instagram out for? I'm going to post this with the podcast. What, what day do you like more? Or like, what's just a, what's the best way to phrase it? Like, what's a better feeling? What, what's a more upbeat, positive vibes feeling just like sat all day, Saturday or Friday. Cause Friday too, that's the thing. It really kicks in at like two or three o'clock. But when you wake up Friday too, you got your eye on the prize. You're like, all right, it's Friday. Fucking grind this shit out. Everyone's in a better mood because it's Friday. Like people you, you have to deal with on a daily basis that Monday through Thursday are kind of dicks or, or, you know, just in shitty moods. And you're like, Oh, come on, man. You're bringing me down all of a sudden on Friday. They're like fucking Mr. Happy go lucky. You get to experience that, which is a fun time. The, the loser downtrodden coworker that one day a week is like fucking bringing bagels to the office and talking about his kid's soccer match on Saturday. You're like, Hey Jim, I kind of like you when you're not depressed all the time. Like, this is cool. You should try it more. I know Friday only happens once, but you should try this more. 
I'm gonna have to put that poll out. Interesting debate. I don't know what I would. I don't know what I would choose to be honest with you. Like, gun to my head, gun to my head. It's tough because Michigan with the lakes, the summertime, like those Saturdays when you just get to your friend's house at like 11 a.m. and it is a fucking all day war of attrition out on the lake. Those, I mean, you can't do that any other day of the week. That is made for Saturday. That's it. You can't do that any other day of the week. But on the same note, that Friday feeling, man, man, this kind of this is this is gonna segue very nicely. I'm gonna do a little bit of a uh, young professional segment following up on this. But I was gonna say, my job right now, obviously, I think I told you guys I went through a very long training program, so I'm out of that now, waiting to kind of be tasked to my job. But it's very like I'm between you and me not really doing shit. Like it's very I'm just waiting to hear and I have nothing to do. Like I'm just waiting to hear. So I don't really have that Friday feeling. Honestly, I kind of miss it. Like knock on wood, knock on wood. I know like the first time I get back to the grind where it's like, hey, Nick, you're actually like you have 40 hours of work this week and you need to do stuff and like fucking people are counting on you. I know after that. I'll be like, after a month, I'll be like, oh, this fucking kind of sucks. But in the meantime, I'm in a very much a a grass is greener scenario right now. I do kind of miss that Friday feeling. Like I miss leaving the office at like 4.30, getting in the car, putting my favorite song on, fucking turning that volume knob until it breaks, windows down and just gutting it down the road. Like, belching out every lyric i got the sunglasses on the winds in my hair like at every red light you're texting your buddies like shit what what are we doing what are we doing we drinking some beers what are we doing it's friday like i kind of miss that that high you get from friday but i don't miss i I mean i'm it's nice like kind of not really doing much to be honest with you like i get to spend a lot of my time doing this I get to spend a lot of my time making shirts. Like it's, I'm not going to fucking complain. Please don't ever think I'm complaining. I love it. But that leads me into this. So I haven't done this in a while. I told you guys maybe last week, two weeks ago, I mentioned how I wanted to bring back confessions of a young professional. And I did once I got this new job, then I went through that training program. I can't like, I can't remember how many episodes I did during it or have done updating it, but it was very kind of nonchalant, like just meetings and, um, online assessments. Like it was kind of like school, to be honest with you. It was like taking an online class. So here we are training ends. They're like, all right, you're done. You're going to find out like what project, what program you get placed into who you're working with. Hold tight for a week or two. Like whatever. They didn't even specify the timetable. They're just like, hold tight. They'll get in touch with you, let you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, I don't fucking know anything. I'm like, okay. I just listen to what they tell me. And I'm like, all right, sweet. So, okay. That was probably four weeks ago. <laughs> that was probably four weeks ago, maybe three. That was kind of a long time ago, like an alarmingly long time ago. So here I am three weeks later. I'm still Wait, I finished the training. I'm waiting to be to find out what it is exactly I'm gonna do, to be honest with you. Like I'm that's it. Um, haven't heard a fucking thing. Haven't heard a fucking thing. And that's why, that's why I told you guys I had to stop doing the confessions because it was like, dude, I got nothing to talk about. Everything I was doing was remote anyway. So I don't have anything related to like meeting people or like funny coworker stories or this or that. Um, 
I was in training and now out of training, I'm not doing anything. So I can't be like, oh man, I hate when they do this or that. Like nothing. I had literally nothing. And then it dawned on me today. I'm like, wait, every time I tell someone, like I tell one of my friends or my family members what the scenario I'm in, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, it sounds like a fucking sitcom character. It sounds like the always sunny guys. Like they work at the bar, but they don't ever work and they just have money. Like that's kind of what it, that's pretty much what it is to be honest. I'm like a sitcom character. Like you never see them working, but they're always at restaurants. They have money. You never see them working though. I'll talk to my dad. Like if you're, so listen right now, if you're sitting there, like, what is this guy talking about? He has a job, but he doesn't do anything, but they trained him and it's been three weeks and they haven't said anything and it's corporate. What is going on? Yeah. I know. Like you're, you're exactly on it. That thought process, even though when you get to the end, you're like, that makes no fucking sense. That's exactly what's happening. That is precisely the situation that I'm in. And don't feel bad. Don't feel confused. Um, I'll tell, so I, I talk to people I live with my dad, like once a week, you hear anything? I'm like, Nope, I don't. He'll ask me like a question or two. Like, are they going to have you move? When are you going to find out? When are you going to hear back? I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know anything. Like any question you have, I have. So if you're listening right now and you're like, this makes no sense. My dad, a guy I see every single day who asks me about this constantly also gives the same reaction where he's like, what are you talking about? They just don't, they just trained you for 11 weeks and you're just sitting here. I'm like, dude, yeah, that's pretty much what the fucking deal is. I realized that's actually kind of an interesting segment. I, I, the whole time I'm like, damn, dude, I don't, I have nothing to do. I'm not like meeting my coworkers. Like I, how can I talk about the young professional? How can I bring the segment back? Because people like it. Like when I was doing it in the prime of it, once I restarted or once I started this job, and I was doing like the first few weeks, I was doing a lot of the classic icebreaker like type generic stuff. I made it. I remember I did a few episodes with segments and I got a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people who I don't get feedback from usually are like, dude, I love the segment, good stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then after like two, three weeks, I was like, fuck, man, I don't I I got nothing. I have nothing to talk about related to it. Here I am. I actually have the greatest story of all time. I have a job and they I'm a ghost. That's pretty much, I'm a ghost. They fucking, they, um, I literally, I literally am, I am Pepe Sylvia. I am Pepe. So I'm Carol in HR. I don't exist. I'm fucking, this company's being bled like a stuffed pig. I'm Pepe Sylvia. Like that's, that's the best way to put it. I am Pepe Sylvia. I don't exist. <laughs> oh my God. Also hilarious story. I didn't even mean to do this. So Pepe Sylvia, if you're an Always Sunny fan, I was told to shout out Joe. I was told this this past weekend. So in that in that episode, Charlie's like, oh, I mail him back. I mail him back. Like all this mail I'm getting, it's just Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I got boxes of Pepe. Apparently the reason, <laughs> obviously like he's delusional and Pepe Sylvia doesn't exist. That's like the, the surface of what happens. Apparently... <laughs> I never realized this until last week. Apparently Pepe Sylvia is like it, Pe Pennsylvania. 
like because he's illiterate. Pepe, so it everything is marked Pennsylvania, 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 and he thinks it's Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia, <laughs> and it's just all Pennsylvania. I never put that together until my friend told me this weekend, and I was like, holy shit! Right when this show couldn't get any better. Right when they couldn't get any smarter or any funnier than Pepe Sylvia's fucking Pennsylvania. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Hopefully, uh, I feel like Sonny fans would like that tidbit. I didn't know. I, I, I consider myself a very, very, very big fan. I never knew that. Shockingly. All right. Quick break. There we A little confessions of a young professional. For the first time in like three months, maybe two months. I don't know. Long fucking time. Um, I, I got to keep this episode quick because I'm sadly in a rush today. Um, we'll take a quick break. And then I just want to talk about McGregor Poirier for a tiny bit for, for a tiny bit. I like McGregor guys. Don't fucking, I like him. He's funny. He's an entertainer. He, he's the wittiest human being fucking ever. Yeah. He's kind of an asshole. That's the fight game for you. Yeah. He's gotten his ass whooped the last four times that fucking blows, but that's what I want to talk about. So quick break. We'll do a bit McGregor Poirier. <laughs> It lies the dead body of Conor McGregor. Fuck, I, that was the worst Irish accent I fucking have ever heard. I'm. It's, your wife sent me DMs, mate. It lies the body of Conor McGregor. Fuck. I'm usually better at accents. That was the worst. She's in my DMs, mate. Anyways. Fuck, guys. God damn it. Conor McGregor lost, really? I know there's probably quite a few people listening to this. Probably more than half. I don't even know like what the general public split on Conor McGregor is. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 60-40 people don't like him. I like him. Sorry. I mean, that just is what it is. He here's Here's something to know about me if you're like, oh my God, how does this guy like McGregor? Entertaining people are fucking the best. Obviously, if they're pieces of shit, which I don't think Connor really is. I mean, he's a douchebag, no shit. But like anybody is like Muhammad Ali was a cock to people, too. That's just a fact. He's he's the ultimate entertainer. He's extremely funny. He always has something to say. He always is. Maybe not always because that that ring ringside interview i know his leg was fucking hanging by a shoestring but that like that interview he gave in the ring was brutal outside of outside of when he got his foot broken by the mat he always has the right thing to say it's fucking funny it's entertaining it either builds up the next fight or the fight they just had like he's the master he is a fucking master of promotion how many iconic sayings does this dude have who the fuck is that guy dana 60 g's baby it's red panty night when i come to town like he's a fucking machine he's an absolute fuck to my waiters he's a machine he's a machine there's no denying that no matter how you feel about him you must admit well i don't even fucking care if you admit or not it's a fact he's the best promoter, the best talker the UFC has ever seen. I wasn't around for Muhammad Ali, but like he's got to be a top three, top five talker in the history of any combat sport. The, guy, the guy's fucking brilliant on the microphone. And up until, I guess, the last four years, he backed it up every single time. He That tear he went on, like his prime, I want to say. Yeah, his prime was when I was in college. So I graduated 2019. 
my first few years, the first few years. So like 15, 16, bro, those years, that's when he was taking the heads off Mendez. He took the head off Aldo. He took the head off Alvarez though. That like stretch he went on where he was just beating everybody's ass was fucking incredible. He not only was he beating ass, that was the thing. That was the phenomenon about him. I'd never seen someone like I've never been a, I like the UFC. I'm not like a Stan. I'm not reading up on every fighter in any weight class. Like I know the big names. I'll watch a card maybe like once a month. I watch a UFC card, something like that. I'll watch the big ones, but I've never been like diehard UFC. Oh my God, there's UFC on tonight. We got to leave this party. Like fuck no, never even close. But I've never seen anybody like Connor doing what he does where he is going to tell you, I'm going to knock your bitch ass out in the first round and then proceed to make fun of you for fucking five months ahead of the fight and then KO you in a minute, like five times in a row. I've never seen anybody. I've never really seen anybody do that once. And Connor did that shit every single time he fought for like a four year run. It was fuck like Poirier, the first one, that part of that, he said, I'm going to knock his pee head off. And he took his ass out instantly. Like he was part of that. He was going up Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo, never lost before. One of the greatest fighters in the history of the UFC fucking besides weight class. He's been the, I think it was lightweight. I can't remember. I don't know what weight class, but he was the champion of his weight class. He's the only champion that's ever been in the weight class since they fucking formed it. It's been Aldo. Conor McGregor knocks him out in 13 seconds in his first title fight. Like the first time Conor gets a shot at the throne, everything, all the shit talk, this character, the legend that's been building all leading to this moment. If Conor doesn't win that fight, then it's probably like, oh, all right. It was fun. Like this guy's cool. This guy's entertaining. It was fun, but he's not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. (laughs) He's not that guy. He's just never going to be that, that next step that legendary status where he's holding belts, talking shit, beating ass. He's winning belts, talking shit, beating ass. If he loses that Aldo fight, it's like, all right, this, I mean, he's still whatever. He's cool and everything, but he's just not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. He beats Aldo in 13 seconds, wins a, wins a belt. Talking shit the entire time. Aldo's never been beaten. He is talking shit the entire time. More, the most supremely confident human I've ever seen. Has his first belt, says he's going to be the champ champ. He's going to be the first ever double weight class title holder in the history of the UFC. Goes, and I believe for that next one, he fought Alvarez for the belt. He was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos backs out. Connor calls him a pussy, makes fun of him. Eddie Alvarez steps in, beats his ass too. Again, Eddie Alvarez, cardio freak. Again, mind you, this is up a class. Eddie Alvarez, cardio freak. Eddie Alvarez saying, oh my God. If we get on the ground, it's over. Eddie Alvarez saying, if it gets to the second round, it's over. He can't keep up with me. He doesn't have the cardio like I do. I'm a fucking machine. Connor hopes he knocks me out in the first three minutes, and then he gasses out. Eddie Alvarez all of a sudden talking some shit, and of course, Connor's doing his thing. Connor beats his fucking ass. It wasn't even a quick one either. It wasn't like a one-minute knockout. I think he KO'd him in the second. It was still fairly quick. But the entire time, Connor is just one, two, three, bang, 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 just landing fucking barrages on this dude. KOs him, the champ, champ. Get me the second belt. He's demanding the second belt in the cage. 
first ever double weight class champion in the history of the UFC. Whole time he did it, he's predicting KOs. He is talking shit. He is being a clown the entire fucking way. He doesn't give a fuck. And he enters legendary status. First ever double weight class holder, and he fucking called his shot. That's I think that's what 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 enamored me to him was the fact that he was just hilarious. Like this dude, what like that one dude who the, the Stevens guy who he's like, yeah. When when I hit people, they go out cold. When this people hits them, when this dude hits them, they just get wobbly. And he just turns and is like, who the fuck is that guy? Like shit like that, just off the cuff. And it is so brilliant and iconic and funny. That's what really enamored me to him. But then on top of that, for me, like obviously the shit talks, whatever, like building up the fight's cool. The fact that he would call his shots, he would say, I will be the champion. I will be the first double champion. I will knock you out. I'm into that shit. I'm into like speaking reality into existence. Kate Cunningham is a piston, not will be, not hopefully. Kate Cunningham is a piston. Conor McGregor was saying, I am the double, I am the champ champ. Like speaking shit into existence. That is so fucking badass, bro. How can you not respect that? Even if you hate Connor and think he's an asshole or think he's a loser, how can you not respect that? Like whatever it is, if it's the fucking baker, someone saying I bake the best cake in the world and then they win an award for fucking cakes, Connor fighting musician saying I'll sell or I'll have a gold record, whatever. How can you not respect anybody who does that? In any walk of life, in any industry, in any field, whatever it is, even if it's not super famous, even if it is, I'll go to the gym every day in this month. When someone says something and then they follow through on that, how can you not respect it? That's like the highest form of being badass, I feel. That's the highest form of like like fucking humanity. I feel like that's what everyone's striving for is to like be that confident in something, have that much vision and passion towards something, and then realizing it and making it a reality that's fucking crazy that's like next level tubular shit so for fast forward to this last weekend he's again talking shit the entire time to poirier this time in the in the fight promos he's starting to get a little testy he's starting to get a little personal he was mr nice guy for poirier mcgregor too this one he's a little bit of a dick he's bringing his wife in me dms kind of got his ass beat Eh, did get his ass beat did get his ass beat whatever you want to say about whatever he he had a fucking stress fracture before or or poirier checked the leg kick and then he fractured it then and then it was already weak whatever he got his ass beat regardless poirier was hitting him poirier took his ass down again connor how the fuck unless that leg was already just wobbly if you're connor how do you let him take you down dude the only time you ever lose is when they take you down. Nick Diaz submitted you. Poirier last time took you down. Khabib, anytime you lose, Connor, it's because you're on the ground. <laughs> I don't understand how you let them take you down. Like, the only thing Connor McGregor should be practicing in these fight camps, just keep sharp with the boxing, the kickboxing, keep those leg kicks, keep those fists active, and then don't get taken down and learn how to play defense on a leg kick. Like, that's it. That's it. Seeing his leg turn into fucking a wet noodle when he tried to step back on it, that was, uh, that hurt. That hurt. Two reasons. 
that fight, the trilogy, the story leading up to it, let alone McGregor being McGregor, like his his career, what it's been so far, just deserved better. It just deserved a better ending. Like that deserved a finish. Or it deserved a three or five round. I can't remember. I think it was probably a five rounder. That deserved the war. It either deserved the war or a finish. It didn't deserve him stepping back, trying to dodge a punch, and then his leg fucking going 90 degrees. It didn't deserve that. That was a bummer. And then just for the sake of Connor, I told you, I like him. I I am a fan of his character, not his moral character, but like the McGregor persona he puts on. I'm a fan of the entertainer he is. I also, this is where I kind of, I guess I'll lose quick interruption sorry about that but this is this is why i'm sad this is why i lose it not lose it but i i lose touch the disconnect with me and people that dislike mcgregor like i understand people not liking him i understand people being turned off by him being an asshole to everybody (laughs) i get that for sure but for me, like as much as I love the jokes, I love the shit talk, I love the fight promotion, I love the wittiness, I love the persona he plays, as much as I love all that, for me, what what just bums me out about him losing is now it's kind of like, obviously he'll fight again, but it's kind of over. Like the legendary McGregor, it's done. It's done. The polish is worn off. Like he's not, the next time he fights, it'll do numbers. I'm going to watch. You'll watch. People are going to fucking watch, obviously. But it's not going to be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. McGregor, like, this is a huge fight. Like, is McGregor going to keep the crown? Like, the crown is, that crown has been shit on, stomped on, dirt has been rubbed on it. That crown has been buried six feet under for a while now. Now it's just he's fighting for sport. Now it's just like, let's, next time he fights, it's like, let's just enjoy whatever we have left. I just, I'm sad about the legend dying this weekend. Like that was Custer's last stand. Khabib. Okay. Khabib's a freak. No one beat him. The guy was wrestling fucking bears. Fine. No one's beating that guy. Like we should, we were sending Captain America and Iron Man to deal with Thanos. Fucking send that guy. He's wrestling bears. Send that guy. That's fine. Beats up Cerrone. Anybody could have beat him up. Not me, but anybody with a UFC degree. And then he loses the Poirier too. And it's who did he lose? He lost to someone else, didn't he? Poirier too. Khabib. Is there someone else in there that I'm forgetting? Maybe not. Either way, once he lost to Poirier the second time, he lost to Diaz, obviously, but he beat him in the rematch. Once he lost to Poirier the second time, it was like, all right, this is like this is probably it's just not the same Connor. I think Connor said it himself. Like he used to be the hungry lion. Now he is the fat cat. There's a quote. I can't remember which boxer. There's a boxer who's like, it's tough to get up for 5 a.m. road work when you're sleeping in silk pajamas. Like that's where Connor McGregor's at. He made it, dude. He made it. When he fucking started, when he was coming up, that dude went from welfare checks to UFC checks. He's not that same guy anymore. He made it. He's famous. He's making millions and millions and millions selling whiskey. He's the highest paid athlete in the world in 2020. You think he really gives a shit if he, what he fucking rakes in on his fights anymore? Like that dude's done. 
it's over for him. He's always said too, like he's always made it clear. He's a money guy. Dana 60 G's baby talking about pay-per-views this. That's why he fought Mayweather. What? I think he was like, oh, I really would like to try my hand at boxing. No, he's like, give me the fucking money, Floyd. That's why. Just sad to see the legend go. People, if you think about it, people in the generation, at least for me, like above us, like our parents, they had Muhammad Ali and fucking Frazier and Lennox Lewis and all these crazy boxers who were legends who even today people are like, oh my God, oh my God, that's uh, that's Mike Tyson or that's, who's the Evander Holyfield? They had those guys. We don't have, like, I don't care about Floyd. I know Floyd is supposed to be that guy. I don't fucking care about Floyd. Like McGregor for me, and I think for a lot of people in our generation, that he was that guy. He was that icon. He was that dude who was like a, a cut above the best. There were the best in the world, and then there was McGregor. He was that guy. He not only was elite in the cage, he was even fucking better on the mic, and and I've never seen anything else like him. So for that reason, and then the fact it's like he's the dynasty, the legacy, the legends ending on a fucking snapped ankle when he's trying to step back, like at least let him get KO'd. At least let him get choked out. Like let him go out like a champ. He's going to, it's going to all end when he's stepping back, dodging a punch and the thing turns into fucking Linguini on him. It's a shame. It's a shame. All right. That's all I have today, folks. Hope everybody had a fantastic week and you will. I promise you, you will have a fantastic weekend. I will be back next week. I'm excited. I'm going to do, we'll have the Detroiter. I might do two episodes on the Detroiter next week for sure. One, obviously, and then a couple on this, but uh, I don't know. I haven't figured out the topics. Just tune back in as you do. As always, appreciate everyone liking sharing, subscribing, five stars, comment, review, all that shit helps me. I know it's like annoying. I'm in the same boat. I listen to podcasts. People like, like, share, whatever. I know it's annoying, but it really does help me out. I really do appreciate it. If you do telling your friends, spreading the word, this, that, or the other, checking out stuff in the store. I really do appreciate all that. Nick at next second string on Twitter at the period, second period string on Instagram, the second string Detroit at gmail.com. Appreciate you guys. Have a good weekend. Talk to you next week.